Hello, and welcome to the Inspired Educator Podcast, where educators share insights to improve the educational experience. I'm your host, Dr. Yuling Lee. On today's episode, I'm presenting a conversation between Professor Nina Pak Louie and two of her students, Rebecca and Maria. At the time of this recording, these students were third-year pre-service teachers enrolled in a curriculum planning course with Professor Louie. Their conversation centers around understanding curriculum philosophies and ideologies, and discerning how UBD, or Understanding by Design, can help with curricular and pedagogical planning. Without further ado, here's their conversation. Okay, welcome to the Inspired Educator Podcast, hosted by Dr. Lee. We have two special guests today, uh, student teachers from the Trinity Western uh, Education Program. Um, they will introduce themselves and then I'll kind of like set the context and we'll begin our conversation. Okay. I'm Rebecca. I'm a third year education student. Um, and yeah. And um, My name is Maria and I'm also in my third year of education. And we're both in 321 this semester. Yeah. And 321 is a curriculum planning course. Do you want to share with the audience a little bit about place and where you are from? Uh, yeah. Um, I'm from Vancouver Island, um, BC. So Campbell River just a really small town and yeah and I'm also from a small town um, northern BC it's called Fort St. John and I grew up there and came to Trinity and I've enjoyed my time so far thank you for being here thank you for being courageous to kind of share your learning with a more public audience Um, I wanted to tell the audience that our class education 321 it's a curriculum planning course and you are student teachers are introduced to Um, like macro level, what is curriculum? And then we look at specific curriculum ideologies. They analyze the BC curriculum through those ideologies and their own philosophical orientations. And then student teachers are introduced to the understanding by design planning framework, which is also known as backwards design. And for the first time, they use the BC curriculum to kind of plan and apply the key tenets of UBD for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so for the final oral, I'm, and the audience is familiar with the 401, it's a similar framework. We want to capture what students first thought about curriculum planning before they entered the class, kind of share what specific learning opportunities uh, significantly impacted their thinking and growth, and then where they're at today with their understanding of curriculum planning as a result of course learning, and then an opportunity to communicate goals or actions, actions that they would like to commit to as a future teacher. Right. Yeah. So the first, before we begin, um, through this oral, like this, this podcast, students are going to be sharing about models of curriculum design and what it was like for them to design a unit plan using under the backwards design framework. They consider how their beliefs, interests, and values, experiences, and feelings may impact their curriculum choices as a future educator. Uh, They can demonstrate a willingness to re-examine their beliefs and commitments related to curriculum planning. And lastly, consider how decisions made about curriculum scope, sequence, integration, and continuity are ethical decisions with direct impact on learners and communities. So the first question that was asked was, 
The BCTC Teachers Council sets professional standards for the competence and conduct of future applicants to become certified teachers. Standard professional standard number five in British Columbia states, educators implement effective planning, instruction, assessment, and reporting practices to create respectful, inclusive environments for student learning and development. Explain to the audience how course learning from Ed321 helped you begin to develop competence of standard number five and kind of support your explanation with explicit connections and references made to course learning. Mm-hmm. We'll start with Rebecca. So like ethical decision-making kind of like about that? Uh, I think the question is anything to do with that standard. Educators implement effective planning instruction, assessment, and reporting practices. So in what ways did the course kind of help you begin to develop this professional standard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with the the first part of the course, especially with the curriculum analysis, like I really kind of dove deep into my personal beliefs Mm -hmm. about curriculum and like looking at the BC curriculum where I aligned and conflict. So like through the course, I think I've learned that like curriculum is kind of what I make of it. So also not knowing that like we don't have to teach everything in the curriculum, but kind of what is important and yeah, what we think is important. And I think that like the concept of backwards design especially is like incredibly important, like in conjunction with like knowing the core competencies and what's important in the BC curriculum, because like the goals are kind of what you're, that's what you're left with at the end of the day. Um, so like with UBD, like it's the goal of education is transfer. And so like what I think now is that students kind of only really leave with themselves and what they've experienced through the curriculum. It's not like they'll be able to kind of ruffle through all their past coursework or anything. So like kind of what we teach kind of needs to speak to students in certain ways. So I think, yeah, planning for different types of experiences with the end goal in mind, I think, is really important. Right. Yeah, I guess I can touch on this too. I agree with Rebecca. Um, one of the things I was thinking about throughout this course was that in unit planning, it's not all up to you, or in a better way put, some of the work is already done. I was realizing my job was not to invent a unit, but rather create one using the resources available to guide and structure the unit. So this is where um, backwards design comes in. Um, helping teachers organize bigger tasks into smaller, more manageable ones, um, using these three steps um, to come to the overall goal in mind, planning a purposeful and structured unit. And then likewise, bringing in the BC curriculum, such as core competencies, the subcategory facet and profile statements, they all keep um, the lesson plan grounded in the purpose of learning. The BC curriculum provides the framework, UBD provides the step, and the creative process is then up to you. Mm -hmm. So that's how the standard number five is being developed in you as future teachers. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So where are you now? So in relation to what you have learned, what are some of the ways your perspectives, understanding have shifted slash transformed? So the first question was before you came into Ed321 curriculum planning, what images, um, experiences, and assumptions and thoughts did you have about curriculum planning before taking the course? Yeah, um, we talked about this a bit in our course too as we ran around, but I honestly, the first picture that came to my mind was like my old calculus teacher in high school. 
Um, and he kind of had like like this huge binder of what to teach kind of in chronological order. And we all had our big textbooks that we'd flip through from page to page, kind of step by step. Each information was given and he was kind of like just basically going through his big binder. So when I pictured curriculum, I kind of pictured that of like, we start work. We are handed this big binder of what to teach and like kind of guidelines. Mm. Um, like not a manual? Really. Yeah, almost like a manual. And like it could be true in a sense, like depending where you are. But yeah, I just assumed also that like people that made curriculum, I assume they're like higher ups or people that really specialized in that kind of went through this long, boring process, kind of writing down what kids need to know and like how to assess them. And I didn't really think it was about like activities or experiences. Yeah, before. Okay. Um, Yeah, uh, I've come to the understanding that a curriculum's entire goal is to deepen student understanding. The ability to make meaning of learning through big ideas with the ultimate purpose to for students to transfer learning and, and make the most of it for themselves. Um, and then, are we doing the next one as well? Sorry. Oh, yeah. The first question is, what, what did you think about curriculum okay. before you started taking the class? Yeah, I guess I can agree with Rebecca in some parts. It seemed like a really big task. And I think I touched on that in the last one, too. But the steps of UBD make this big task more manageable for teachers. Um, I also thought that curriculum's plan, uh, the goal should be to cover certain content. And as we were planning our unit plan, we were running into this thought and we were stressed because the amount of content we thought we should cover was more than we had room in our plan for. Although when we started going back to our big idea, asking ourselves, what is the long-term purpose of this learning? We Mm -hmm. realized that we could cut content and still keep the big idea. And actually cutting content helped us refocus on our big idea, which was the interactions between Indigenous and European settlers. And I'm in the process of learning that content is not the goal, Mm -hmm. but content helps us come to the understanding or accomplish the big idea we hope for students to get out of it. Thanks, Maria. Okay, so then second is in the course, could you identify some key learning opportunities or experiences that significantly impacted and affected your thinking and growth and understanding about curriculum planning? Yeah, I think one of the first learning opportunities, the BC curriculum kind of impacted me a lot, kind of going through my personal attitudes and kind of like seeing kind of where I land, landed like kind of in comparison to the BC curriculum. And then also, like, even last semester, I was in the gender and education course with Mm -hmm. Dr. Jewell. And that really, like, I think made me, like, humble myself or, like, look at myself and look at the classroom through a critical lens. So I think that that's really, really shaped me. Um, And also, like, just the whole tenant of UBD was super, super daunting and (laughs) I... To apply all of them. yeah, Yeah. And at times, like, looking at all the steps it was kind of like oh like kind of like dreading it but once you kind of go through each step each step makes the next step easier so like each stage each stage makes the next stage like much easier to do instead of trying to look at them all as one or trying to do them out of order Mm -hmm. and yeah I think this course has taught me a lot about um equity in the classroom and diversity so like after I was looking at my own opinions, like kind of also thinking about my own biases and how that might influence students too, like 
I'm not, it's not like I'm trying to get rid of them or anything, but kind of keeping a lens and constantly questioning like, okay, what would this be like in a student perspective where like, mm-hmm. would everybody be able to do it the same way? Um, if I were to like plan an activity and like, if I were a student, like would I feel seen and heard? So I think that's what this course has taught me a lot too, like putting myself in the shoes of the students mm-hmm. as I'm planning. And also like learning about UDL. It's like my first time I've ever kind of interacted with okay. UDL like as much. So in addition to UBD. <laughs> yeah, in addition to UBD and kind of like instead of looking at the student themselves, like looking around them and yeah, just realizing that as a teacher that you have a lot to kind of think about sometimes. But I think that like it needs to be done. And yeah. What about you, Maria? Um, I would say one of the things I can reflect on is um, integrating the first people's principles of learning is really impactful for me, like to look at it as a way that it is part of the whole unit, not just um, select parts. Like we wanted, especially with ours in social studies, we wanted it to be seen throughout. And it's been teaching me that curriculum should be a lived experience, mm-hmm. um, encompassing all areas of the student's well-being. Um, and this is one of the first people's uh, principles of learning. Um, and it's explained by Joe Corona uh, that learning should encompass the whole learner through experiences created in the classroom, in the environment, or with peers. And yeah, we are trying to bring that in throughout our unit. Um, and then also with Rebecca, I think UBD and UDL together is as and ex- FPPL yes, together. F- yeah. yes, all of them together set the uh, unit up for success in a lot of ways. I think considering um, equity and diversity to support the whole class and to bring in um, the principles of learning into that is really important and something that's influenced how I think about curriculum now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree. And I was like thinking as you're talking about like how we kind of see like UBD, like we learned about that separately and then UDL and then we've learned about FPPL. But like when you like in planning a unit, like it was so much easier to think about them all together because mm-hmm. they like they're not like all that different. They all have like mm-hmm. the main goal of setting students up for success and like helping honoring students yeah and honoring the student yeah honoring the student and like kind of bringing them into the planning process mm-hmm. instead of like teachers planning for students like one thing I remember thinking when I was a student when like teachers would kind of dictate things was like oh like how would they know because they're like mm-hmm. not a student so yeah when I kind of think about that I'm like kind of students should be part of that dialogue too yeah that's great. Okay. Um, the next one is, you know, after experiencing the course in a variety of ways and the two of you collaborated on, co- the, you went through a co-creation process too. Um, so now we're at the end of the semester. The question is, is after creating that explicit curriculum plan using the key tenets of UBD, as well as a bit of UDL yeah. and being intentional with FPPL, um, how did your learning transform and expand your understanding, skills, and beliefs about curriculum planning. Maybe identify some areas you now believe are your strengths at this point in time and what will you do differently or hope for differently next time? Yeah, Um, I think something that I've been coming to throughout this entire process is that 
coming to terms that it will not be perfect Mm -hmm. and not to let this unrealistic dream of curriculum planning prevent us from creating something great. Um, Personally, when we were working on this plan, I felt as if the purpose and intention was so great, like what we wanted to accomplish um, was keeping us from accomplishing what we wanted to. Hmm. Like our goals were bigger. But um, throughout this process, I overcame this feeling just by following the, st- the stages of UED and integrating the FPPL and all the other um, BC curriculum um, and working on it on small amounts and trying not to overwhelm myself. Um, and then we tried to find as much research as we could to support our goals and add perspectives and knowledge to this um, unit. And we also used resources from other teachers that had done similar things before. Um, and we were learning that rather than trying to create everything on our own, um, we could learn from teachers that had done something similar, bef- something similar before and using these ideas to build off in our own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning that it will not be perfect, uh, which I needed to come to terms with. But when we aim with our highest goals and intentions, following the steps of backwards design and the competencies of BC curriculum, then we will um, accomplish something great still, uh, thinking about UDL and equity with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say some of my strengths in this point of time is the familiarity with the BC curriculum, UBD, UDL, FPPL. <laughs> All of that together is combining to something that we can create. So like thinking about all of those categories are combined um, to help us in what we created. Mm -hmm. Um, So building on the um, knowledge from the start when we learned about the BC curriculum and we um, analyzed it, and then learning about the steps of UBD and everything else has Mm -hmm. come together to be a strength of one of ours. I appreciate how you see all three components as like a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember there was a moment during the semester when you did, I could see this feeling of it's overwhelming yeah. the amount of content that one could cover. Yeah. But as soon as you, and I think you started to zone in on perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it sort of all kind of came together and you had yeah. a clear focus. Yeah. It definitely helps clear the focus when you realize that everything's coming together um, to help in what our goals were mm-hmm. um, and to do differently next time. Um, I know that the next time we attempt to create a unit plan, it will be a lot less daunting because I know how everything comes together and we have this familiarity with uh, UBD and UDL and all the other uh, uh, all the other combinations that build into this. Um, but one quite practical thing I would do differently next time is to do the curriculum resource review Mm -hmm. as I go through my stage two summative and formative assessment and as we build our individual lesson planning. Um, I say this because we collected a lot of resources that we thought we'd use but in reality the ones we used the most were ones that we searched for to meet our specific goals and what Mm -hmm. we wanted to teach in that specific um, lesson plan and and time. So what you're saying is once you're goal was clarified yeah. it was easier to yeah to select the resources that you wanted yeah to use. we found it easier to go back and and refine, refine what we wanted yeah. to use yeah mm-hmm. 
And it was kind of even more overwhelming doing the curriculum resource review first because mm. looking at all the resources, we're like, we could do this, we could do this. Right. And we have all these ideas jumping around, but no real like base point or kind of main, mm. we hadn't really come to our main idea yet. Yeah. Okay. And once we had, then like they all kind of like piece together mm-hmm. yeah I'm curious did by looking at some of the resources in advance did it help you develop your main idea mm-hmm. like your big your enduring yeah. understanding we kind of needed to because we were quite scared especially doing a unit in social studies on like colonization mm-hmm. and interactions between indigenous peoples because we obviously want to be historically accurate and be also culturally sensitive so we felt like we needed to look through resources Mm -hmm. first to kind of get a guiding perspective so that like we kind of did need that I think I think the teacher resources were something that really formed like the direction that we wanted to take but then the student resources and um, other books and um, everything else that we used was definitely I think we we worked almost everything that we had before because we knew our direction and we knew where we wanted the resources to take students. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't necessarily know that in the beginning, but um, definitely some of it was helpful throughout Mm -hmm. um, because we focused on um, what teachers had done before and we used that to build off where we wanted to take our unit. Mm -hmm. I think we got so attached to some of the resources in the beginning (laughs) that we were like almost like trying too hard to fit them into the uh, when like our unit kind of changed directions yeah so I think we we're kind of like trying too hard to like fit this one book that we really liked in and mm-hmm. we, like we I think we did or some we had to just like leave out but yeah mm-hmm. that was good mm-hmm. do you want to start yeah oh okay yeah so I kind of want to tell the audience a little bit more about your unit because I think it was such a beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> um, plan that you co-created because mm-hmm. you it's what grade was it? It was grade grade four. four and it was about first interactions. Almost like more of like after, after. like the fur trade, mm-hmm. like colonization. Right. Kind of around like. Yeah, I just appreciated how sensitive you were to honoring stories and perspectives and wanting to be truth tellers but then also what was your deep hope for students by the end of your unit um I think our deep hope was like just learning from other people and being aware of like say like the injustices that Mm -hmm. have happened um and also like making space for other students right that might not like have as strong voices in Mm. their classroom. Um, Yeah. I'd say we were really focused on perspectives rather than the events, but we needed the events to teach students um, what happened and how people interacted in colonization. And, but the main focus out of everything was perspectives because we think it's important for students at that age to know that there's always two perspectives and definitely important to know history to make um, informed judgments and to understand how different people see it through a different worldview or a different lens. So um, using the events of history to build on 
their knowledge of perspective and and what happened during colonization is important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like I don't think I learned about indigenous perspectives until like later in high school. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why we thought it was like important to kind of try to do this in grade four. Like maybe they like haven't heard about it at all or I think just bringing awareness to it because I hadn't heard anything about it Mm -hmm. until I was in high school. And I think when I learned um, social studies, it was always just the events. Like it wasn't uh, deeper than that. So I think what we were trying to do with our unit plan was bring them into a deeper understanding where they could put themselves in the shoes of um, an Indigenous perspective, but also uh, like a European settler perspective and and what their thoughts might have been or their goals might have been when they were here, um, just to come to an understanding mm-hmm. a bit deeper than surface level. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Last question. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I'd be so excited to share your unit plan with other people. <laughs> okay. Um, the last question is in relation to what you have learned if you identify three professional commitments you would like to make as a future teacher at this point in time, and then maybe list two or three goals that you have for continued professional learning related to curriculum planning, um, why, and why are these important to you and your future learners? Yeah, um, I think the first commitment that I want to kind of uphold for myself would be planning for diversity and inclusion and always keeping that like at the forefront of my mind mm-hmm. um yeah about like udl and just that planning for the learners um essentially and like i want to keep my commitment to giving voices to students and people that are often silenced and yeah just especially indigenous voices and minority voices and i have a passion for anti-racist education mm-hmm. and just like overall inclusion like being an ally and being a safe person to all my future students so kind of learning more about practical ways or mm-hmm. and how curriculum planning can be a way yeah to enact those beliefs and values yeah exactly mm-hmm. um and then my second one would be thinking of the end goal in mind and not succumbing to doing things just for the moment like when we talked about the Grecian urn fallacy mm-hmm. so like yeah not just doing activities just so students will like me or be engaged but it actually has a purpose otherwise like like why do it at all and then also changing the way students look at assessment mm-hmm. less as an evaluation of learning more of like a celebration of learning or opportunities to learn and yeah and then my last one is just continuing to n- learn more about myself mm-hmm. and my place as an educator, my beliefs and my values and kind of like continuing continuing to grow and like find what my passion is and also engaging in a more critical dialogue mm-hmm. in the wider education community. And Which you are others. by doing this. Yes. It's a big step. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just humbling myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll start with my professional commitments. Um, first, uh, throughout my profession, I'd like to continue to build off what I know about UBD and acknowledge that there is always room to improve and learn and continue to use. Um, a second commitment is to build and use my knowledge of UDL and lesson planning. Um, Education 412, Strategies of the Exceptional Child, was a course I was in, and it played a major role in what I know now and how that has impacted the choices that we made for this unit. 
And I believe that UDL does not only support the range of diverse students, but it also sets unit and lesson plans up for success because it removes barriers to learning goals. And that goes for all students, not just mm -hmm. the ones who are considered um, they need diverse needs. Um, lastly, I'd like to commit to building on my knowledge and awareness of the First Peoples Principles of Learning, committing to continue to implement the knowledge as a foundation in my unit planning because I believe it brings so much meaning and voice to learning. Um, for example, one that we integrated through our unit was that learning involves generation, generational roles and responsibilities. Um, I put in this quote from Joe Corona. She explains that the responsibility of teaching belongs to everyone in the community. And in our unit, we plan for field trips and guest speakers to teach from their perspective, just to focus on the generational wisdom. Um, and then this is also a reason that I found this podcast a really cool experience because it highlights that you can learn from everyone in the community of, yes. of education. I've so. just learned so much just by listening to both of you. <laughs> yeah. And did we want to do our personal learning goals? Is that yeah. the next one? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, mine is just practicing and including aspects of UBD, kind of going deeper into the textbook. Mm -hmm. um, trying to implement more, more of we that stuff. We used a practical own. guide, but there is a massive book yeah. <laughs> that goes deep into each of the stages yeah. even further. Yeah. Yeah. And then also exploring UDL, Universal Design mm -hmm. of Learning, more on my own in order to support and create a more equitable classroom and also just, just wanting to learn from other people in the field and what they do because I think that knowledge is really, really, really valuable. Um, also becoming more familiar with the first people's principles of learning, mm -hmm. um, learning from indigenous people and, and indigenous le leaders and how I can amplify their voices and uh, amplify other minority voices, especially indigenous voices in my teaching. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And lastly, just diving deeper into my passion, um, engaging with others, learning from others. I think that Marie and I have, well, I've, can speak for myself that I've learned a lot um, working with another person throughout the unit because we both kind of think similarly but also differently so like what one of us kind of brought the other kind of brought something else different or we kind of made up mm -hmm. for what each other lacks in what we thought about the unit mm -hmm. uh, for my personal learning goals um, I would like to continue using UBD in condensed forms when planning lessons for practicum next year. I think that's something that I can do on a practical level before I start teaching, um, just to use UBD and be more familiar with it um, and to keep it my goal to create meaningful lessons. Like you talked about the Gratian Iron, like think about what and how students are going to transfer this learning. Um, second, I'd like to continue to learn and look into the resources and platforms that are out there to support teachers in unit plannings, such as Twitter, uh, <laughs> podcasts, yeah. or vlogs, um, because I think we just got to we gotta start in looking for um, resources for teachers, but uh, definitely I would like to go deeper into that mm -hmm. area. I think uh, people like Joe Corona will be encouraged to hear. Yeah. From, <laughs> yes, I'll be definitely tagging yeah. her. <laughs> 
And then third, I'd like to build on my awareness of how the issue of equity can appear when planning for lessons and always asking myself, is this activity, project, goal, etc., privileging some students over than others. And it's something that we talked about in class a lot and been on my mind because mm -hmm. it's not always something that I'm thinking about when I'm planning a lesson. And I even saw it show up in my 303 practicum lesson I mm -hmm. taught. I was always thinking of equity and, and wow. even in the small um, things where we ask students to do an activity, we think like, who is this privileging over some? And I just want that to be at the forefront of my planning thinking mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that like even the issue of equity like we can see it in classrooms but like students can feel it too yeah. like they might not know what they're feeling but like what they're feeling is could be some sort of privilege or inequity or a barrier yeah mm -hmm. yeah well, thank you so much for sharing. Wow, I could just listen to both of you <laughs> all day long. Thank you for your humility, uh, openness to learning in 321. It was quite the joy to yeah. watch the two of you collaborate. Um, and you just have like a shared interest in justice-seeking mm -hmm. practices. Yeah. And I'm super excited that people outside can hear from both of you. And thank you for just even though it was just the first time transferring and applying the tenets of UBD and mm -hmm. very intro level of UDL and introductory to the FPPL. Mm -hmm. But as you go into fourth year and continue your learning, it will just continue to deepen. So I'm excited for both of you. And both of you give me so much hope for the future. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Thanks for being on the show. <laughs> okay. A special thank you to Nina, Rebecca, and Maria for a wonderful conversation. This episode is brought to you by the School of Education at Trinity Western University and funded in part by a Shirk Explorer grant. Until next time, may you be inspired in your educational journey.